You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I wouldn't send my kids to school with vampires and werewolves either. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Stephanie, and homie, don't play that. Oh. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we're back, officially. We've had a couple interviews out for the beginning of season five. Uh, three of them. We had Bob Dearden uh, chatted with him about uh, teasing season five. We had Nemo Cartwright, Crybaby Carl himself, uh, stop by the old pod. Not really. I called him on Skype. <laughs> and <laughs> and finally, we had uh, Aaron Craven, uh, who plays Dr. Saxon in this episode and a couple others. Uh, and they were all awesome to talk to and uh, it was kind of a nice way to kick off this final season with some good interviews and i hope uh, folks out there enjoyed them neat congratulations Mm -hmm. yes yes i and uh yeah hope to keep it going you know i'm I'm, i'll talk to anybody it's 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 final season i'll talk to anybody for my zombie give me a call we'll talk even the caterer? The caterer, Even the- yes. I want to know what, what, what uh, Malcolm Goodwin eats. That You know, I would really love to know what people eat on set. Yes. <laughs> Anything. Throw it at me. I mean, uh, Nemo Cartwright uh, uh, told, uh, told me about somebody who has the job of tear wrangler on, on the set. And I was I, I first was jealous because I was like, if if I, I can't get the job of tear wrangler on iZombie. Well, I mean, I'm obviously being turned away here, but... Uh, <laughs> I will talk to the tear wrangler. I don't care. <laughs> that, that would be a good interview. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we've got a we've got a big show ahead. I don't actually have any news. I think we kind of covered it in that uh, teaser episode for with uh, with Bob Dearden. And I hope mm-hmm. everybody listened to that out out there. And uh, I'm really glad to actually have you on the podcast now. So it really is the iZombie podcast with Robin and stuff. Well, you know, I, my nerves can't take talking to big celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, mine either. I, I, quite honestly, I'm constantly thinking to myself, I'm an idiot. I sound dumb. I am so stupid. <laughs> Why are they talking to some schmo from Vermont? I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, we've been really, we've been really lucky with this podcast. It's uh, it's been really a lot of fun, and uh, I, I'm. We're going to be sad to see iZombie go and we'll be sad to be closing the doors on, on the podcast. But uh, hopefully we'll have a really great season to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. This was a great opening episode. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, I usually try to break it up into the characters and all that. But uh, for this episode, I, I just felt like one thing ran into the other, ran into the other. Yeah. I'm really glad. Like, I was so excited when you told me that it was going to be. Uh, the brain, you know, you know, there would be no brain. Mm-hmm. There would be it's a murder, and no body, no brain, no way. Of, and that was exciting because it's like it's so many character moments could come from and plot coming from the events of this murder instead of just oh, it's a brain of the week. Yeah, <laughs> let's solve this murder. It's a character. One it's a, crime. You know. One, yeah, forty minutes to solve it in. Um, but- yeah, it sounds like this might be what kicks off. You know, the whole season of getting the uh, 
the government involved mm-hmm. in what's going on in New Seattle. Oh yeah, Renegade. I mean, uh, Commander Major, as, as we find out, his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 warned Liv at the end of the season that uh, you know she wasn't going to have any problems with Fillmore Grace, but now her her big concern is going to be with the U.S. Army. So, and of course, you know, it looks like uh, the other big concern is going to be these uh, these humans, these chicks, these chicks. Yes. Oh, the little girls. No, no the 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 organization that uh, that she works for, uh, Dottie. I haven't learned the new names yet. <laughs> um. Oh man, I'm. I'm I mean, what I spot. think is what I think is neat Dolly. about this ep- Dolly. Okay. Sorry, chick stands for concerned humans and prosing common sense. Oh, Dolly, the lady that was in the the morning show interview yeah. with Johnny Frost. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep wanting to call him Johnny Snow from uh, Doctor Horrible. Man, how many years has it been? We've been doing this podcast. Just we're still stuck on Doctor Horrible, which was like forty-five minutes in total. <laughs> hey, it made a big impact. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, what I thought was interesting was the uh, here's Major. People are coming to him, partic- petitioning him to get out, mm-hmm. humans to get out, and people are coming to live trying to get in. Yeah, that was a great the way the way those scenes work ran into one another. So, you know, yeah. you think you have a bad job. Well, think about what Liv has to do. You know, I think they're both pretty bad jobs. They're pretty they're pretty uh, heart rending jobs. And uh, yeah, it, as it as it as it seems, uh, our entire cast here. Uh, I mean, save Clive, who is, you know, still a detective, but like everybody, it, like Liv, Major, Peyton, Blaine, they're all very famous and everybody knows them. <laughs> so, mm. so uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a bit different in that respect as well, you know, but it's good because I like to have our, our main characters being, you know, if they're going to be a part important. of this. Yeah. Make them important. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so we should get into this. This is called Thug Death, and it is written by the great Rob Thomas and and directed by uh, the great Dan Etheridge. So we start, we're, we're six months later, which, you know, quite honestly felt like a year. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a lot longer than six months. But it's neat how uh, things have changed mm-hmm. in six months. Yeah, it's like society is broken down even more. We have this like uh, empty convenience store that uh, Jodie Whittaker from uh, Doctor Who is uh, walking through. That what? Didn't she look just like the new Doctor? That girl. <laughs> oh yeah, that's who she reminded me. <laughs> I kept thinking she reminded me of somebody. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, she. Uh, I mean, she's billed as customer, uh, but this actress's name is uh, Brie or Bria Schneider, and she played, I think, in the third season, maybe the second season. Yeah, it must be the second season. Uh, she played Drake's old girlfriend in the episode "He Blinded Me with Science." I think she like came up to him in the bar while he was with Liv, and she, he had to leave Liv to go help her out or something. Hmm. But I don't know if she's just still the same character. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it could work. Probably not. Yeah. Possibly, but probably not. So we also have Dusty here. Good old Dusty uh, doesn't remind you of any sort of uh, 
kind of person that maybe you've run into in Alabama or I've run into <laughs> oh, in yeah. the backwoods of Vermont. Yeah. Um, no shirt, pretty, no pulse, no service. <laughs> yeah, pretty bigoted, xenophobic, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hateful. Thinks he's smarter than everybody. Like, tries to lure her in with Hellfire Cheesy Puffs because obviously, you know, the, that product is exclusively made for z- zombies. Not really. It's just zombies really like them. Um, it would be bad in this world if you were a human and you just really liked Hellfire Cheesy Puffs. <laughs> I mean, there's some really hot um, snacks out there that I don't understand how people can just throw into their mouths that pretty much set their mouths on fire. But uh, so, so I mean, it, I wouldn't say if they could that that automatically means they're a zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, I there's a little bit of a, kind of a foreshadowing, rather, or maybe more of a meta commentary thing that Dusty says here. He says, "Time's nearly up for zombies." Which uh-huh. <laughs> could be talking about the show, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he has this whole stock of self tanning lotion, but it's fully stocked because zombies aren't welcome in his store. Mm. And then we see on the security monitor a uh, a dark Subaru rear end a like a red muscle car. Mm-hmm. The driver gets out, walks to the red car, and gets pulled in. Blood splatters on the windows. Um. Yeah, there's a there's a few different callbacks during this episode that, you know, I had to kind of that it just kind of remind. I mean, maybe they weren't direct callbacks, but I feel like this is the final season. We should really be looking for them. Mm-hmm. But did that remind you of anything? Somebody get pulled into the car and then blood splattering on the on the inside of the windows. Oh, like maybe the pilot. Yeah, it was right around there. It was like I think it was brother. Can you spare a brain? Where Blaine is waiting. Uh, he, he gets oh, caught in outside. the alley? Yeah, yeah. And oh, okay. He gets, he gets into a car with these two gangsters. I believe they were like henchmen of Mr. Boss. They were trying to get him back to Mr. Boss. We hadn't met Mr. Mm-hmm. Boss yet, but we kind of hear of him. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we see from the outside of the car blood splattering. So. Okay, so in the surveillance video, <clears throat> is the girlfriend, the woman, she's in the Subaru and she accidentally hits the uh, old car in the rear? Mm-hmm. And so she gets out to say, hey, sorry, you okay? Yeah. And they grab her and pull her into their car. Right. And so were there two people in that car and one got out and got her car? And At least. To, okay. I, you know, I, I couldn't really tell, but there had to be one person driving one car and one person driving the other car. Okay. Because I got really confused about that. <laughs> well, I was, I, you know, that, the thing that was confusing about me, to, for me, is that... You know, I was wondering what was up with the setup of this customer talking to Dusty and then stealing. Yes, you're lotion. you're like distracted. You're like, there's just too much going on. Yeah. To uh, for me to figure out, but I mean, that's what I like about about Rob Thomas's writing. There's just there's a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you think this is like one of those kind of setups where. We got one person distracting the cashier while there's some, like, you know, some stuff yeah, going on I, outside. So I right, think we're going to see something was, like that. Yes, I thought the girl was involved mm-hmm. with uh, with the um, ring of zombies. So she could be. I don't know. She kind of disappears after that. Um, mm-hmm. We don't see her. When she steals the uh, self-tanning Yeah, lotion. she steals the self-tanning lotion. So she could have been on there on, their, on her own to get the tanning lotion, and it just so happened that something distracted Dusty. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, I was left thinking that, and then all of a sudden was very offended because they dared start the final season without a theme song. Mm. Are you kidding me right now? Well, you know, (laughs) there's a lot to get to. We don't have time for credits. I know, but it's been, okay, it's been a year. It's not been six months. (laughs) (laughs) We need to hear the song and we need to see what the new opening credits look like because, you know, Robert Nepper is not in there anymore. Um, also Bryce Hodgson has been promoted to regular status. So they've got to have Donnie in there now. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I want to see some, I want to see some new credits. I want to hear the song. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So we go to the, uh, next, uh, chapter and that's brain drain. And, uh, Liv, where, where are her AirPods in this episode? Yeah. What is up with that? <laughs> I don't know. She she had the AirPods in, and this. I mean, the last time we saw her wearing earbuds a lot is when she was listening to, uh, I believe, the radio show during the episode Dead Air. She was listening to that radio show a lot. Um, but yeah, she's got some AirPods. I wonder if it's a product placement thing because they are featured pretty prominently. They, she wears them mm-hmm. here. And mm-hmm. then she wears them when she's talking to Peyton later, but she's like listening to something on, listening to a video on the tablet. So, mm-hmm. can you hear that? Yes. What is that? Are you haunted? <laughs> it's like our, no, it's like our hose, our water hose. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll just deal with it. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll just pretend you're haunted. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Liv's cooking, and I gotta say, makeup on point. She's looking good. I don't know yep. something about crisp, you know, news eye zombie. Everything looks so crisp and. Mm-hmm. Her hair's different. Like it's a different wig. Like there's a different texture to the wig. Mm. It's um, it's got a little wave in there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I don't know. It could also be the fact that I mean, I I hosted this rewatch over this over the summer. Like it, we this is fall. <laughs> <laughs> Over the past few months of the whole series, and I was rewatching iZombie primarily on my computer through a, a service called Rabbit. So it could be I was finally watching iZombie in full HD and like going, "Wow, it's like a brand new show." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, she looks different. Yeah. Okay. Like, not just me. No. Mm-hmm. And it also, just I don't know the the cinematography in this episode seemed to be I don't know. There's just some different interesting angles. I wish I wrote more notes about the different. I mean, the the one thing that I was really hyped up about was the the final scene, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, so so Liv is cooking the brain. She notes that she doesn't. You know, we hear the voiceover, and she talks about how she doesn't like these brains. And these thumb breaker barn brains. She doesn't want those. Yeah, it's like this is all she has left. Yeah, oh, great. She'll take the yeah. She'll take this over over the nothing brain or the tubes. Uh, brain tubes. Yeah, and she steps off to get some wine to go with her meal. And, I, and Robbie <laughs> comes in and eats her food. I'd like to say this is the last time that Liv is actually the main character of this episode, which is really weird <laughs> because we get the voiceover, we get just Liv. Having a scene, and um, yeah, just the rest of the episode, she is uh, she's chatting with other people, but she's not like a, the main driver of the show. I think I think the stars of the show are probably like definitely Ravi um, this episode, um, Blaine, and maybe even a little bit of Major. But I felt I, I really hope they bring Liv back as more of a major character. No, no pun intended. <laughs> major character in this in the next. Did you feel the same way? 
Huh, yeah, well, I mean, having Ravi have a, a, you know, to be on a brain and Mm. to have a lot of scenes and a lot of lines, I mean, that is unusual. It gives her a, I just wonder if they're purposely doing that, like writing everybody else more to do and less for her or or if it's just rob thomas it's just i want to give all these characters a i mean and maybe it's a first episode back but like they get a lot of details of what they've been up to and mm-hmm. what's going on now i don't know yeah uh i mean i mean it could also be a product of live is not on a brain so there's not a lot of focus on live mm-hmm. doing funny things uh, Liv is working on a murder case, but she doesn't have a body. She's, she's there's no visions in this episode. Um, it's so true. Yeah, so weird. So it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's I mean I, I obviously love this entire cast, but it was like for example, there's this there's this part in the episode uh, skipping ahead where um, Robbie is uh, having this argument with himself pretty much and Liv like walks in and says, you know, it looks like you've been, you're like Gollum and Smeagol. And I was like, Oh, there's Liv. Where'd she come from? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Robbie, Robbie's monthlies have, be, have, have begun. He, he, he notes, you know, and, and he's talking to live in the other room or, or to himself. I don't know. He's that he nearly ate the pizza guy instead of the pizza. Well, he said he should have knew something was up because he was more interested in eating the pizza guy than the pizza last time. <laughs> yeah. mm, and, uh, pizza. and, um, yes, pizza is <laughs> good. Uh, and, and it's funny. We haven't seen this before, but you know, he, he, he notices this brain cooking and he thinks he stops to thank God and he promises to be his humble servant. <laughs> yeah. And then he yeah, just, I thought that was funny. Yeah, and then he starts munching it down, and Liv comes out. And says, hey, that was mine. And then Robbie's like, "I take it all back." <laughs> like, did Robbie honestly think that God, like, it was some sort of miracle that there were just brains sitting there cooking for, waiting there cooking just for him? Or I mean, I guess it was that he was craving brains so much he wasn't thinking that. <laughs> yeah, that he just couldn't control himself. Yeah. But then they live breaks it to him that he is now on Thumbbreaker Barnes uh, brains, and he's like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> so that leads you to just imagine how the past few days were with Liv on Thumbbreaker Barnes brains. Yeah, I would have loved to seen that, uh, mm-hmm. but I guess we can't see everything. But uh, I don't know. Uh, that was pretty pretty darn funny in this episode. So <laughs> oh, more that makes great. up for it. Now we. Go- I mean, he was he shined. Oh yeah. With all this, it was great. He's MVP of this episode, and I, I say mm-hmm. the you know runner-up MVP. I don't know what that is in sports. Oh my gosh, I don't know which scene it was, but he did some kind of head motion, <laughs> like where he, <laughs> it just cracked me up. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I think runner-up MVP though is definitely uh, David Anders, um, and oh, yes. this whole Blaine. Thing so this is the point of the episode where we get into what's going on with Blaine and we see his new digs and oh, wow house. <laughs> he's living the life this is the life oh. that Blaine his his ultimate life that Blaine would live uh, just everything is so modern uh, the wall there's wall art there's a huge aquarium um, and he opens his fridge and he's got just stacks of brains and he pulls out. Uh, Marathoner brain. I'd actually pause it to catch it, <laughs> but he does mention it later. And yeah, in his bed, there's a couple of really super hot girls. 
and uh, he tells him to to get out. And then he says, "Wait, actually, I'm on marathon or brain. Come back later with friends." And then he says, "No fatties." <laughs> <laughs> just like you're, he is a douche. God. <laughs> yes, that is something that he would say. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but then we you see the gorgeous house from the outside, and he jumps into the pool. It's like David Anderson's been working out pretty good, you know, keeping in shape for his pool scene. His uh, I don't know what he's wearing there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, swimsuit. I, I said that's a swimsuit. Yeah. This is another thing that was kind of a – it felt like a callback again to uh, the first season where um, he is uh, with uh, – oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to forget. I'm just going to call her Aunt Nell from Smallville. <laughs> but remember uh, – Oh, yeah. The, the older lady. rich older lady that he turned into a zombie. And then there's that whole scene of him like sitting out on a patio and she's jumping into a pool. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like on top of a building. Yeah, I thought that was maybe a callback or whatever, but like now, now Blaine is in this position of power. Like he's so rich now. But yeah, now we go to the scratching post where Donnie reminds uh, Candy that uh, Blaine is King Kong and we're just Skull Island natives. And Candy says, "Well, twas beauty killed the beast." And I think Candy is like now that it was kind of set up at the end of uh, season four, maybe where Candy was. It seems like she's like the the madam of some sort of the, the prostitution ring that Blaine had started. Uh, yeah, she's wearing gloves, like long gloves. I hmm. wonder what that's for. Is that? Oh, you know what that's for? <laughs> I didn't even think about it. That I didn't even think about that. But Angus cut off her fingers oh, back in the, okay. and that was kind of a big continuity thing as well that I was always going looking for but i totally forgot about but yeah i noticed that she was wearing gloves and i kind of was like huh that's interesting and then didn't think about it but yeah um so uh donnie tells blaine that they have problems this whole video from the convenience store went viral and it caused the six border patrol agents to have a uh crisis of conscience Uh, they're they're the ones that are helping him you know smuggle brains through the border and uh, they th- because they thought zombies were nice and they just needed to eat, you know. And now they're yeah. It's it's so interesting that the humans are like, oh, they're zombies, but it's fine. We'll just live, you know, in harmony mm-hmm. with these zombies in this gated city. Yes, there are some hateful people here that are prejudiced against zombies, but most people are okay with the zombies until <laughs> this event happens and they're reminded it's almost like like a dog mm. because i that's what the dolly lady was leading me to be like you know yeah zombies seem fine but you know at any moment they could be dangerous Get rabies. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but i mean yeah sure humans are i mean these border patrol agents are people on the other side. They're 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 the they're the the shields that uh, guard the realms of men, uh, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> but you know they're able to smuggle things across the border because they have the the power to. But you know they're they're not new New Seattle residents. They are people from the U.S. that are uh, co- you know complying with uh, you know the deal Blaine made because they thought that oh well these. Probably just because they're they're they are like human starving humans, but the thing is, these are they're zombies and they need brains. So, um, yeah. As we get into this uh, next scene, we have out in the bar area, we have Commander Major 
and uh, Justin, um, who's still alive, everybody. Uh, <laughs> his, his time is coming. He's he's one of Liv's old boyfriends. <laughs> he's going to go down eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so weird. It's it's almost like he's just somebody for Major to talk to. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, and I I, I kind of liked him better as like Major's friend than you know Liv's boyfriend. Although he wasn't like. One of the worst of them I just didn't like the fact that he betrays Liv At the end of uh, season 3 When she discovers All the uh, vials being injected With the zombie virus So so I haven't liked him since then Mm. Um, But yeah so, So humans living in harmony I mean Major and Justin talk about Humans wanting to leave the city To be in a dance contest And like I wasn't thinking about this Throughout season four much, I guess But it, it, it really seems like You know, humans are The humans that are in New Seattle Are essentially hostage, hostages They're they're not mm-hmm. allowed to leave mm-hmm. So I can't like think that's Like the lady, the lady who she was just Trapped there, she was mm-hmm. just visiting Yeah, She wants to go home And it sucks, it's terrible It would be nice if she could just go home But Major's like, I'm sorry There's rules Yeah, They're shields if if it was all zombies living in New Seattle, the U.S. would blow it right up. Um. But if there's humans in there, the U.S. are not going to do that. It's too many, um, too many civilian ca- casualties, much collateral damage. Um, and I was like, okay, so, uh, you know, I really had to kind of think back. You know, I just did this rewatch, but I, I guess I hadn't thought it completely through as I was thinking it while we were podcasting last year, but. Like Peyton got to leave, but I think it was just in unofficial business to protect New Seattle, and so so. But nobody, everybody's kind of held hostage there. So, uh, yeah, Blaine comes out and gives Major a hug. I'm not sure if that's a yeah. personality thing for the marathoner brand or just Blaine being Blaine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Blaine. I think it was just showing that. Blaine is like, I love my life. Yeah. I love you. I love everybody. Mm-hmm. And Major is like, you're a pain in my ass. <laughs> I can't stand you. Yeah. yeah, I just tolerate you. Major Commander Major reminds of him of the uh, the plan that that was set up at the end of the season, which is he's got to get those brains, and that wipes his record clean, and it keeps him looking more Jack Sparrow than Jack the Ripper. <laughs> mm. And uh, you know, there's a whole. Problem because this video is blowing up And Blaine's suggesting Well maybe they should just round up a couple zombies Blame them Put them on the guillotine <laughs> Smash them Bing bang bing bong problem solved <laughs> Which I love the delivery of that The You know <laughs> David Andrews uh, Is on fire um, Okay Justin mentioned something About a, that they need Tourism their tourism is way down <laughs> and if they let them, if they let the people out for the dance contest, then they can air a commercial. And he says we need tourism. Tourism was way down. Why would anybody want to tourism there? I don't know. There? <laughs> I, you know, he he said that I let that kind of roll by because I was wondering if that was a joke. Like, is you know, yeah, just, your tourism's way yeah. down. Nobody wants to come there. <laughs> so yeah, Major doesn't want to do that. Just murder random zombies. He, this is a kinder, gentler uh, Fillmore Graves. And oh, that's Major's when Blaine says, "How's that hope?" Uh, oh, it was like an Obama. 
reference. Hope and change. How's that hope and change working out yeah. for you? <laughs> um, so after they leave, Donnie wonders why everyone thinks that Blaine's got to just keep coming riding to the rescue. And then he realizes he's triggered Blaine into reciting his commercial. And we find out here <laughs> that Blaine is actually the spokesman now for Margot Ball Motors. And uh, it's funny because on the video it says Margot Ball Motors, but on the closed captioning it's Mogul Ball Motors. Like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably the closed caption person mis- misheard it. Or mis- it's missed written it. in yeah. text on the YouTube video, but mm-hmm. whatever. So please explain to me what is going on because I don't I mean I was like okay Blaine is doing a Matthew McConaughey Lincoln <laughs> yes the Lincoln com- commercial. car commercial <laughs> so what awesome. is the deal I, I laughed so hard when this happened <laughs> but um yeah well it's because those Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercials are ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> we talk about this so make, cool they don't make me want to buy a Lincoln <laughs> <laughs> Matthew McConaughey doesn't say luxury car yeah. to me you just watch those commercials. You're like, yeah, I'd take a drive with Matthew McConaughey. Sure. Yeah. Like if he wants to do uh, some beat poetry while he's driving. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't scream luxury sedan or <laughs> SUV to me. Um. Yeah. This is the this is the whole thing that I mean surprised me the most. I mean, I was used. To, okay. So so Liv has been outed as renegade. Everybody knows that Liv is the person that uh, wants to bring people into the city to scratch them. And maybe that's the tourism angle that Justin was talking about. If there's anybody that's coming to the city, they're the sick and dying. So so Liv has been on the cover of the newspaper. She's had this video with Paul Rudd uh, put out <laughs> talking about the good that she does. She's huge, right? Everybody knows about her. Wait, where are you getting this? Paul Rudd, what does this have? What? Did you not remember the season finale? When Levon released the video and uh, and then they're watching... Oh, Paul Rudd doing the voiceover. The voiceover, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, remember when we did the skit with the video at the end of our season and Raul Coley <laughs> actually did the... Uh, <laughs> um, so, so Liv's huge. We have Major, who has just been given the reins to fill more graves. So everybody knows who Major is. Peyton, who is not the mayor, but she might as well be. I know. I loved how they handled that. How they, like, insinuate, like, we were supposed to believe that Peyton was the mayor. Yeah. Until halfway through the episode when she's like, no, I'm not the mayor. I thought Mm -hmm. that was very cool. And that's, you know, and and that's all good. And we kind of knew this at the end of season four, but it was surprising you know, what must have confused you in, in this season premiere that Blaine is huge too. Like he has taken it upon himself as being the person that's bringing the brains in. Like he did that mid deal with major. And now he is like, I mean, you know, he calls himself like a, like a, I don't know, like a villain and a hero and stuff like that in this commercial. But he's got this status as the guy that, that uh, gets, you know, gets the brains into New Seattle. People, people know this. I mean, yeah, it's uh, probably a a secret deal with the border agents. But if it wasn't for him, like people wouldn't eat. The zombies wouldn't eat. Um. So yeah, I, I guess he must have been given a sponsorship. I mean, he, he's making tons of money from this business, and uh, and I mean, Blaine is the kind of guy that's probably not just satisfied with uh, with uh, just living quietly with money. He wants to. He's, you know, he literally throws it around later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to have acceptance, to have people like him, 
um, is probably a yeah. big thing too. Um, right. So it kind of it kind of fits. I don't know if Margot Ball Motors is is a uh, is a company that's in New Seattle and they're just or or selling cars, or if it's like kind of like I don't know. He's like this uh, rap scallion known from from New Seattle that uh, uh, you know people hear about online that he decided to shoot a video for. I'm not sure where this because you know I don't know who's shipping cars into New Seattle. Who's manufacturing cars in New Seattle? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he's just, I, I think he's just known as like a bad boy and he's living the kind of bad boy life. <laughs> and it's just really like, holy cow, this is, this is a thing that's happening. Okay, Blaine, mass murderer, uh, <laughs> awful, awful human person, uh, uh, excuse me, zombie person, I should say. Is uh, now like almost like living a rock star status. Okay, and so in the next episode, we see that they're at the police station, and this is just an ad that is showing on YouTube before the clip of. Okay, yeah. who released the clip of the the um, surveillance video? The closed caption. The closed caption. That's not right. The, the surveillance cam. Yeah. Yeah. Who did that? Uh, according to YouTube, Fruk. Um, there's actually a, a whole bunch of Easter eggs here for the YouTube page. I, I paused it and, and wrote them all down for you. Okay. So that is why, because I was going like, why won't Bazio full screen the YouTube video? <laughs> it's because there's so many Easter eggs. There's Easter eggs, yeah. So Who is Farouk? Farouk uh, is, I'm assuming, a, sh- a shout out to Farouk Villani, who is an editor on iZombie. There is some okay. uh, videos along the side. There's a few that I, I picked out that I recognize. So Z-Friendly Restaurants in the Emerald City is a video by Brittany Thompson, who uh, is a second assistant production coordinator on iZombie. Oh. Uh, five theories about the stuff and skate murders. I have no idea what that is, but um, that was posted by Philip Hoover, who is a writer assistant on iZombie and also uh, the co-writer of next week's episode, D- uh, Deadlift. And uh, most importantly to me, uh, is one of the top videos on there is Seattle reacts to the convenience store killing. And I I love it. It's like, you know, you see all these stupid reaction videos on YouTube, like, let's watch somebody watch something else and freak out about it. Well, they have one for somebody reacting to the convenience store killing video. (laughs) So, you know. Farouk might not have uh, might not have posted that video, but he could have been sh- he could have sh- shared it. But anyway, the, the person that posted the Seattle Reacts uh, video was uh, Haley Matches, uh, who is the uh, assistant uh, assistant uh, to the producer, I believe uh, Dan Etheridge's uh, assistant, but was also my tour guide. You know, when I visited oh. the set. <laughs> so I was really happy to see her name on there too. She's a, a genuinely awesome person. So, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like the transition of Donnie triggering Blaine, and you, you know, he's probably just reciting what he says in the commercial to Donnie. But we see the mm-hmm. we see the actual commercial, and the commercial is, you know, a commentary on the. Oh, I can't skip this stupid commercial on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're in the station, uh, and uh, and it's Robbie getting s- more and more pissed off about this ad. Because he oh hates god, Blaine is this so where much. he like punches the uh, picture on the wall? <laughs> yeah, those fr- those patches or something that were framed. 
Yeah. I my God, I I lost it when that happened. My wife and I were just like <laughs> just burst out laughing. Just did not expect that at all. Because <laughs> it's so uh, not Robbie. It's so out of character. And the, like this this character of uh, Thumbbreaker Barnes, mm-hmm. he's like impulsive and angry and yeah. just violent. Yeah. Leather jacket, gold chain, gold watch, hat, uh, fingerless gloves, Robbie acting all puffed up, you know, just kind of sticking his yeah. chin out a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one name that, that he referenced. Cockney accent. Yeah. One name that was referenced on Twitter, I, I think it was in a discussion between uh, uh, at Daily Raul Coley and Raul Coley himself. Uh, he said if, he, if it sounded like uh, Danny Dyer, which is uh, – uh, UK actor. I guess he was in Skins, but he was—he's known as kind of a kind of tough guy attitude. But oh god, Skins! So, you know, when I'm watching Game of Thrones, I'm like, man, Skins was so good. <laughs> a lot of actors came from there. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of the young actors on Game of Thrones were from Skins. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking like Jason Statham, Vinnie Jones, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, oh god! So I got uh, I got a couple quotes from Raul. This was uh, posted at comicbook.com uh, by Russ Burlingham. He says, "Episode one is actually my favorite one that I've ever done. I play a London thug like Irish. Rob called me up and we sort of did a Jonas brain, which I don't know what that means. Um, I was I kept I was like Jonas Jonas and I kept looking it up and I kept on getting a Jonas brother coming up in my searches. Yeah. So uh, if anybody knows what he's talking about, please write in. Uh, he continues. Uh, it was a really cool presence too because we because before we filmed before we filmed, Rob sent me a really early draft of episode one and asked me to go through dialogue with him for Ravi and make changes to make sure it was a legit bridge talk about London's Cockney stuff. Um, and uh, he says, um, both in terms of dialogue and wardrobe, he was given more leeway than Rose McIver gets since Liv is the main character and has her face on the posters. And he says, um, there are certain people that are on top of that, that she can't necessarily do certain stuff. No one really gives a shit about what I do. So I get to really lean into it. <laughs> so it was like, I'll send pictures to Rob. I bought these rings. I bought jewelry in a shop in London. I was like, can I bring this? Can I have that? They would say yes, because they aren't ultimately as precious over Ravi. So all that meant, all that it's meant is that I got to really go full costume, full physicality, voice, and mannerisms. Yeah, I was wondering how much uh, Ravi got, you know, Ro got to bring yeah. to the character from his own experiences and in London and uh, everything. Yeah, it's cool to, to cool to see that he, he really played a big part in uh, creating this uh, role and it's uh it's great. It's so freaking funny. Every every scene, you know, I almost wanted, you know, and he was kind of the start of the show this this week. So <laughs> um so yeah, we're in Basio's office. Uh, she says that uh, Peyton wants everyone on deck to solve the murder and Peyton comes in and Ravi gets real irritated that she cut her hair without his say so. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, uh, when we were, when I was doing research for our top 10 scenes, you know, uh, that we recorded. Oh yeah. For, for iZombie with with Geek Vibes Nation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was noticing, uh, Peyton's hair. Hmm. 
how it was that short a couple of seasons ago, and then she grew it out long, and now she's cut it off again, or she had extensions. I don't know. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's more professional <laughs> for her job in the mayor's office. Maybe. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, in this day and time, how dare you? You're just a boyfriend. <laughs> you don't have any say so over what your girlfriend does with her hair. Well, this is one of the bad parts of this brain, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it. I think it's really funny because you know, right after Peyton's like, "Robbie, can I talk to you?" <laughs> and you know that you know he's just going to come immediately back down. You know, mm-hmm. it is. It is an ugly part of the brain, but. Uh, uh, Peyton's going to win every conversation with him. <laughs> uh, so she says that it's a, uh, a powder keg. Uh, some humans, and then she says not dead enders. So I'm assuming these chicks are not dead enders. Um, we, we had the dead enders at the beginning of the last season where the ones that were just kind of uh, disrupting things, you know, humans that disrupted things. Um, and you know, these... And yeah, and these chicks, is that what you're calling them? <laughs> That's what they're calling them. I don't know. It's They're more like <laughs> zealots. Yeah. Like, it's different. Anyway, so she says, you know, Peyton's, you know, kind of hinting at what's, what's coming. What, you know, some humans are going to see this, like, video as, like, game on. Like, is, they're going to want to start trouble over this. And, uh, you know, they all, they all file out, have their... Um, Different uh, jobs. It was good to see Kavanaugh again. Oh, uh, another thing I wanted to uh, mention is uh, if you ever watch that scene again, watch Clive. He is, I mean, you know, he's the king of reactions and um, just him, his absolute joy in watching Ravi act like this guy. It's just, <laughs> he's just so, he easily cracks up so much. He does it again uh, in the convenience store as well. He's like cracking up. Uh, but yeah, Basio gets up and oh my god, she's got a baby. Oh, bump. Yeah, that was a cute little reveal. Mm-hmm. And she wants salted caramel dark chocolate. And Clive will take care of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, Clive goes right to the convenience store, you know, side mission, get the chocolate, but of course also to <laughs> investigate. Uh, there's no chocolate, of course. Uh, there's barely any fountain soda. There's only root beer. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, Dusty lets Clive look at the videos and then Liv comes in with Ravi and just say, hey, we got blood samples off the pavement. And Dusty freaks out because, of course, like I was like, oh, he's just a jerk. He hates zombies. But no, he knows who Renegade is. Oh, yeah. It's not just a zombie coming in here. It's the zombie. The zombie. I zombie. No. <laughs> She's the one that keeps making zombies. Uh, yeah. But um, he grabs his bat and... Uh, Good old thumbbreaker Ravi gets right in his face. Oh yeah, he was like, "Oh, just give me an excuse." <laughs> I'm just itching to be violent. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think what's funny about this is, you know, after being such a kind of a jerk to Peyton about it, her hair, and you know, obviously probably cowering afterwards in front of her, um, mm-hmm. that his threat is, "You're lucky that I'm not going to let her, you know, come after you. You're lucky you're going to deal with me." <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, lives lives pretty tough, too. But, yeah, it's behind the counter here when, during this conversation, you see uh, Clive cracking up. (laughs) Uh, So, Clive uh, 
reverses the video and we see that the human girl was on her phone um, during the whole incident. And uh, it might be the reason – this might be a little bit of a social commentary. It might be the reason why uh, she ran into the, the muscle car because she was on her phone. Oh, yeah. I first thought maybe she was drunk or something, but – yeah, this seems like a very Rob Thomas thing. It feels like a very Veronica Mars thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was on her phone. Oh, we will see who pinged the towers, <laughs> the cell phone towers, at this very minute last night or the, that night, the night of the. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. We, we've all listened to cereal. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It reminded me of cereal too. Yeah, <laughs> the p- pinging the towers is not. That's not. Uh, uh, anyway, so we go to Fillmore Graves next, and we have Major and Justin looking over human requests to li- leave the city. And you kind of mentioned this before, but yeah, this is something that Chase would never do before. And Jordan comes in, and she's got these cards that she found at a human bar called Warm Bloods. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, this is like what you'd see... Um, you know, during very the very high propaganda phase of the uh, the Gulf War, you know, they set out these like playing cards. Oh, yeah. Saddam was like number one, and his, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, Justin even mentions like, oh, you got the Saddam spot, Major, and then he says, "Yuck it up, Uday," which I was like, "That's a joke." I have to look up. Oh, Uday is Saddam's brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we see right up. Close center of the screen, this beautiful uh, headshot of a Cynthia Ribnicki who has applied to leave the city because uh, she's been stuck in Seattle for a year and a half. Her husband and her son are in Chicago and she can't leave the city and she'd really like to. And that's being rejected because uh, they're only allowing humans to leave that require medical assistance that they can't get in New, New, New Seattle. Um, but I got to say, um, I, I don't know who the actress is. Uh, does she look familiar? But I thought, oh, she's really pretty, and they put this picture right in front. I'm wondering uh, if she's going to be be somebody we see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, there's going to be a consequence for her not being let out. Like, she's going to be driving an SUV in another episode or something, you know? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, what will uh, she do when she's desperate to leave? mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Jordan mentions how terrible Mage's job is, and then we go to Liv and Peyton doing uh, Renegade's terrible job, which is going through all these dying people that are uh, pleading with her to uh, sneak them into New Seattle so that she can scratch them. And uh, Liv, with her AirPods, has a video request from a teenager who has uh, uh, astrocytomas, which is essentially brain cancer. And is also being sexually abused by his foster dad. And uh, he's he wants somebody to meet him in, in Sacramento. So, yeah, this is... You know, there are probably a lot of sex pe- sick people uh, needing help. But I guess you throw... You, it's, it's a kid and he's being sexually abused on top of it. You know, that really pushes him to the top of uh, Liv's list, I guess. You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, commercial, then we come back, chapter is precautionary trail, and um, we have Curtis driving Liv to a warehouse where, when a table is moved, provides access to an underground tunnel, which brings them to a different house. It's is the uh, Renegade headquarters. That was pretty cool because, like, from a production standpoint, like, it wasn't complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, they could just show... Live doing these things, but it looks, but but edit together to make it look like 
they're coming in a secret entrance into this house that she, so she's not uh being seen with certain people so they're mm-hmm. not found out as being part of the renegade underground railroad right yeah because she's out in the open but it doesn't mean that i mean looking back at the season four finale recently i mean stands in that video um levon it doesn't matter <laughs> levon's dead um suki's in that video but um, apparently she escaped to L.A. and is uh, working yeah, on the LAPD. So Yeah, she's pretty busy. Pretty busy with uh, Nathan Fillion. Making that ABC money. Suki and the rookie. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but uh, yeah, Curtis is still here. I like Curtis. I like Stan. Stan's still here. Um, Wait, who's Stan? Stan is uh, the blonde guy that was talking to uh, Weevil. Not Weevil. Uh, uh, sorry. <clears throat> Baron. Baron. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're all there from the last season. Uh, I was afraid uh, Baron, whatever Weevil, uh, di- <laughs> disappeared uh, after uh, being in a couple episodes last season. I think maybe even one se- one episode. And I was like, oh, he's, he was just probably a, a guest spot, you know. But it's good to see him back and playing a role in this episode too. But uh, I, I, sorry, I'm going to back up. This. Is the one set that I couldn't say anything about when I talked about uh, my visit to uh, the to Vancouver to the to go for the set visit and uh, you know folks if you haven't heard that um, look back in our feed and uh, I, I describe uh, all the different iZombie locations I went to and I got to do a set tour so and that was a lot of fun um, but uh, yes this is a this is a place that I got to visit and they were like don't you can't talk about this. Don't show any picture of, the, of this until it's out in the out in the show. So um, I'm probably not going to still show the pictures because the pictures were taken right around when they were shooting episodes six and seven. So I'll probably mm-hmm. I'll probably post pictures of it then. Um, but uh, I can now say like, yep, I was here, Renegade headquarters. <laughs> oh wow! I kept looking around. There was stuff on the the walls, like different cases, people that were trying to rescue and stuff. So I'm afraid if like anything I've taken a picture of. Uh, gets out early that might reveal mm-hmm. something that I don't even know is a revolution. Yeah. You know? yeah, I'm sure it would be weird going on set. You're trying to, your brain, trying to make sense yeah. of what you're seeing and trying to make it fit into some, you just don't know what's going to happen this season. Yeah, there's a nice little couch there um, that I, I got a picture of myself on. And uh, there's there was a big table with, and it, it was like food all over the place as if they just had a, a meal together, but you know, mm. any other details than that, I really don't have. <laughs> uh, yeah, in a few weeks, I'll, I'll I'll post the pictures on our Twitter or Facebook. But <clears throat> but yeah, the the one thing about this uh, that I also noted, um, Liv goes down through an underground tunnel to go into this house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, hmm, what would you need like some sort of underground tunnel for? You know, besides smuggling people, what if there was a big bomb? And they're going to use this set to get to hide, you know, our main characters as the new Seattle's wiped out. I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, it's kind of weird. It's like, well, no, there's a ladder that goes down and then there's a ladder that comes up because it, it, she comes through like a wardrobe. Um, right. But there is a ladder that goes up to it. Never mind. It's, it's not that weird. It'll, it all makes sense. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Stan gives a... Uh, uh, we have a Baron, um, a prepaid card, and we're kind of reminded that they need papers to get back across the border. And uh, 
then Liv, Liv arrives, and it's uh, it's very Weevil and Veronica. They're they're chatter back and forth, and, and I got to say, I'm here for it. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, Renegade, looking good." Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! So we go to the set of Frostbites, and uh, Johnny's uh, interviewing Peyton, who reminds us she's just acting there. And also on the show is our who we've been talking about, Dolly Durkins, concerned humans imposing common sense. Chicks. Okay, she's funny. I like her. <laughs> she's played by uh, Jennifer Jennifer Irwin. Do you, do you know her from anything? Uh, she just has one of those faces yeah. that you've seen in a million things. She, she is. Like I think. I think she was on Slings and Arrows. Yep. So then I started looking on Amazon for how much Slings and Arrows would be on DVD. And oh my God. It's on its way? No. Oh. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) not. It's very expensive. She was a student. Uh, She played a student in the original Anne of Green Gables in 1985. Did you know that? Okay. The one with Megan Follows. You know, I haven't seen it, but I I, I hear, hear it's like a... Big deal. Like a Canadian big deal to people. Uh, classic. She was also a, like a young teenage teenager in the movie uh, The Gate, which is actually one of my childhood staples. Um, but later in life, she was in. Uh, she did an episode of Party Down. She did uh, several. Uh, I think she was like a recurring regular on the show Breaking In. You remember that show? Had uh, Christian Slater, Michael, Michael, Michael Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum was in there. Yep. Yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, Eastbound and Down, uh, The Goldbergs, and Superstore. She's been in. Oh, okay. She's very funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's definitely taking on the role of, uh, you know, a very concerned human. <laughs> really, just uh, the what about our children yes. character? And Think about the children. She warns Johnny's viewers that the clock is ticking and that they're pretty much just food to zombies. And, you know, the day is going to come when the, you know, Bugs Bunny is going to want the carrot, you know. <laughs> um, so then we go to the, the CDC in Atlanta, which uh, I didn't know when I interviewed uh, um, Aaron Craven, who plays Dr. Saxon. I hope people check it out. Um, you didn't know. I was like, "Oh, you're in Washington D.C.," and he's like, "Actually, I think I think you're wrong about that. I think the CDC is in Atlanta." And I was like, "Oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that makes sense. The Walking Dead. They all had to make it down to Atlanta for the CDC, but I don't know. I'm done. Right. I'm done. Anyway, this is all to say. Mm-hmm. Listen to that interview with Aaron Craven. It's a lot of fun. Um, we talked a little bit about this character, and obviously, there isn't a lot to chew on. So we went to talk about the tons of like Vancouver productions he's been a part of. And uh, we got talking about, you know, streaming and royalties and strikes and all different things like that. It was a lot of fun talking to him. He was really cool. cool. That would be interesting. And uh, very surreal, by the way. There's there's a a couple different points in this episode where you see Dr. Saxon on Skype. And I literally had that view as I was talking to him. (laughs) 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 I was like, am I watching the show? Because you're you're on Skype with me. But um, anyway. Uh, Aaron Craven a lot more uh, nicer, uh, you know, cooler guy than uh, Doctor Saxon, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Doctor Saxon and uh, Doctor Collier uh, were introduced to. Um, okay, yeah. she's totes adorbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's got a little bit of a, a, a following online, and I was like, oh, what's what's she about? You know, so I, I looked her up. Um, she's an actress. Uh, her name is uh, Quinta Brunson. She is a uh, comedian slash sketch artist. 
Um, she got kind of big, started getting big in like 2014 in doing Instagram videos. And she had this like big series called uh, Girl Has Never Been on a Nice Date. Um, and it went viral. So she got hired by BuzzFeed Video. And uh, she's uh, created and starred in um, series Broke for YouTube Red, Up for Adoption for Verizon's Go90, and Quinta versus Everything for Facebook Watch. So all these different, like, you know, these those streaming platforms that, you know, people watch, definitely. I mean, they're they're out there. Um, uh, I just ha- I haven't gotten into any of that stuff, so... But uh, she uh, also co-starred in a CW pilot called The End of the World as We Know It just last year. And that was created by Patrick Schumacher and Justin Halpern, who were iZombie alums. Um, mm-hmm. But that pilot was not picked up by the CW. And, but, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that her talent was noticed by, you know, people at Spondoli. And uh, that's probably how, uh, you know, an audition was uh, offered to her. I, I'm assuming, I you know. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked to her or anything, but um, I haven't seen any interviews about it. But uh, but yeah, she'd be fun to talk to. Um, so uh, yeah, Doctor Saxon keeps talking about how she was she was recommended by Doctor Grassley and how it was basically a Goodwill hunting thing. And uh, yeah, she's quick to say like, no, 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 no. I was a student. My parents are doctors. It's not like I'm from the like the inner city or you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a yeah very smart on my yeah. own. You know, we, nobody gave me the yeah. Like up. we did you a favor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you exactly. should be thankful. <laughs> uh, but uh, Collier is very interested in Ravi, and uh, we are reminded that uh, uh, Ravi was fired by the CDC uh, way back before episode one. For warning people that zombies were coming, and uh, and um, and it turns out I, I believe Doctor Saxon is the one that uh, fired him. <laughs> ah, yeah. But now they're kind of uh, working to find a cure, and uh, Collier is is a fan. It's a fan of Robbie. So, um, so we go back to uh, frostbites, and uh, more information here. You know. Um, humans outnumber zombies 50 to 1. So yeah, if there was a human riot, like zombies might end up being completely crushed, you know? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Dolly says, stop, they're already dead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So at least we got to hear that this week. Yeah. Oh, and this, uh, Johnny Frost is like touching Peyton's knee. Yep, and like we're like, oh yeah, he's a slime ball. He is. <laughs> we, yeah, and notices and her Robbie, new hair. Oh yeah, and Robbie's back at the morgue watching, and just so mad he wants to get at him. But that, yeah, it just to make him even more irritated, this delivery guy walks and calls him Doctor Shark Body and blocks yeah. the TV with his. Uh, oh, that's what's written on his on his sandwich. Yes, Shark Body. Weird. Like he first is like, we have a weird name, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, well that's kind of a jerk thing to say, you know. But he he thought that his name was Doctor Shark Body, like it was a, like a gag name or something. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, this uh, Skype call, which is not really a Skype call, because did you notice they have like different tones to their ringing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was like, I know Skype, and that's not Skype. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's it's to remind you of Skype, but uh, they probably couldn't use the ringtone. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Saxon introduces Collier, uh, Collier um, 
and she's excited, but he stops to go bellow at a delivery at the delivery guy who gave him a veggie stub instead of meatball, and yeah, uh, he calls him a nonce. Did you know what okay. a nonce is? No, what is that? I had to look it up. Uh, this is a UK insult. It is a person that commits sex crimes, especially with a child. <laughs> oh, like a pedo. Yes. Oh gosh, just a little bit, a little bit uh, too big of an insult for a guy that just messed up your sub. <laughs> Calm it down, thumbbreaker. <laughs> but yeah, he runs uh, right into Crybaby Carl, who's standing there with Blaine. Okay, I love this <laughs> because. Okay, Robbie has been like 100% Thumbbreaker Barnes. Yeah. And just very slightly, the scientist of of Robbie is coming through where he's like, he explains how Crybaby Carl's eyes were scarred from being beat up. Mm -hmm. And, and like, yeah, you kind of got that impression about Crybaby. Or, no, I don't know. I, maybe I didn't even realize that about Crybaby Carl. I just thought maybe it was a, just, yeah, a medical condition or something. Yeah, that, I just thought maybe it's a quirky, you know, quality for this character. Because we just get these quirky characters yeah. here and there. And uh, so Ravi explains that, you know, you've been beat up, so you have this scar tissue. And this is not a Thumbbreaker Barnes. It's not coming from Thumbbreaker Barnes. Right. It's coming from, it's just... Over the rest of the episode, Robbie comes out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's slowly coming out of it. But yeah, I love that Robbie is giving his diagnosis and what he sees before him, you know, while also being insulting. Is she crying? You know? <laughs> but also like diagnosing what his, what his deal is. And Carl is, you know, patient enough to to hear what he's saying and say, you know, like first one, you know, the, the first thing you said was, is exactly correct. Um, and, uh, yeah, if folks listen to the interview with, uh, Nemo Cartwright, he says he had to take a breath mint before this, uh, scene and, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, a lot of fun to, to shoot with, uh, Dr. DeBeardo as, uh, Blaine says. <laughs> and again, uh, you know, great comedy from Ravi and, um, and, and Carl here facing off the beards, the whiskers just rubbing off of each other, the noses, you know, there's, there's almost like a full out like kiss happening about to happen here. <laughs> but the, the reaction of Blaine, just like, you know, he's always been slightly like amused and also like annoyed at Carl's condition. But then to see like, you know, Carl's never even met Ravi before. So this is, I wonder if Carl thinks, oh, this guy's on a brain. He's being an idiot. and He's totally just some nerdy doctor I could slam. Or is he like, is he intimidated by this guy? You know, is this? Yeah, I've met my match. Yeah. I've met another, um, oh, Crybaby Carl is, is Blaine's, uh, minion. Yeah. Have I met, yeah, have I met. Lives minion, <laughs> his, his lives muscle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like you know he looks like he's ready for he's ready to go. He's not going to back down. But you know he he works for Blaine, and Blaine says they're going to go upstairs and see if lives up there. You know that he he walks away. And I just love Robbie, just like right. You know, like just thinking about probably probably in the back of his very very back behind the zombie brain, there's that little human brain going. Holy crap, I can't believe I got out of that. <laughs> but, you know, the, he's so, like, all testosterone. He's like, right. 
and he storms back in. Collier tries to talk to Ravi again, but yeah, he's too distracted by what's going on in Frostbites. Johnny's getting handsy, so he he storms mm. off. Um, but yeah, we go upstairs and Liv and Ravi are going through a list of seventy-two pings, seventy-two people, and Blaine tells them that, uh, listen, you know, I'm gonna have to get my hands dirty again if you guys can't do the do my job, do the do your job. And he offers them ten grand, gives them forty-eight hours. Zombies are going hungry, which makes me sad, which makes me deliver less brains, which makes me sadder, <laughs> or which which makes me less rich. I don't know. I don't know the exact quote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He decided, Blaine decided he needed to light some fires under some people, that it wasn't getting solved quick enough. Mm-hmm. So he's just going to throw money at it. It's interesting how this viral video is like a public relations nightmare that is affecting each one of our characters, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, on Frostbite's Peyton saying that defending Major and Dolly says it isn't enough. Bring back the guillotine. But uh, we're mainly concerned because Robbie looks like he's about to pound Johnny's face in. um, And Johnny notices (laughs) and backs right up. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it's interesting. Peyton starts listing off uh, when she's like counter uh, countering what Dolly is saying. She's like, uh, you know, we've implemented. Uh, oh my god! Oh yeah, li- lifted the uh, lifted the majors lifted the curfew. They don't do the zombie court anymore with the guillotine. There, everybody is treated equally. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Major's trying to make some good changes, but, you know, unfortunately, they're still holding humans hostage in a city. You know, it's kind of a mm-hmm. it's kind of a big deal. Um, but don't look now, Robin, because there's something in your pantry that just might kill you. <laughs> I was like, what? what? What's going on? <laughs> I love that. That is so, you know, like local television. <laughs> like, like what? Just chirping saying that. You- Transition. Yeah, that thing that you love could be dangerous. Uh, our next chapter is kid friendly. We have Weevil here. Uh, I'm just going to say he's Weevil. Um, <laughs> meets <laughs> Baron. Up Baron. Sorry. Baron goes you, to a. Uh, would you prefer I say Baron? Park. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. It might get confusing. <laughs> yeah, Vancouver Park. More like it's supposed to be Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, meets up with Oliver, played by Matthew Ellison Mahood, who uh, just guested on The Magicians, I guess, uh, one of his more recent credits. Um, it's one of these 30-year-old guys <laughs> who has this, like, youthful look that can pass for a teenager. I think he's 30 years old. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. It's just one of those guys. You know, they're on the CW all the time. Yeah. They have that youthful look, but you know they're like... Not young. <laughs> uh, you know, you're lucky I can't find a birthday right now because I, w- I would totally. Oh, I'm going to look him up. Hold on. <laughs> but he's also there with uh, – he, he's like – he's he, he reveals that he's been getting abused and uh, Baron, you know, reveals that, you know, this is something he can, he can, he can understand, you know. He's been through some tough stuff too in his foster home. But uh, Oliver says he's got uh, – um, these other two girls, who I believe, according to IMDb, are named Annie and Pippi. <laughs> and uh, Annie is played by Beatrice Kitsos, who uh, just recurred on The Exorcist and is going to be in the new Child's Play. And Pippi is played by Nyla Blackman. And this is her only 
credit on IMDb. As a matter of fact, it didn't have a picture of her, so I'm I'm hoping I got the right actress. Um, but she's got some attitude. She's like, "Are we going to talk or uh, we're going to move it along here?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> you got the birthday yet? Everybody's waiting. No, it is not on the internet. He looks young. Oh, but. He just has one of those looks where he can look young, but he can also look, but he's probably, you know, like 28. At, Smith, at Steph Smith on Twitter. Um, feel free to uh, let Matthew know that um, Steph is, Steph thinks he's old. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But you know the type. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, On the yeah. CW shows. Oh, yeah. The, the guys that can... They can look like they can play teenagers. Oh, it's been going on since like you know the nineties with nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, yeah. Because wasn't um, Gabrielle? Oh, Gabrielle Cateras played Andrea. Yeah, she was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was like thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we go back to the the morgue. Robbie's arguing on the phone with Peyton, but uh, and he's like, he's just like seems like he's mad at her for what Johnny was doing, you know, which is not cool. And uh, oh, well, you rightfully know. gets hung up on. Well, don't, I mean, don't you imagine that Thumbbreaker Barnes was an abusive boyfriend? You know. So, um, Robbie talks to Dr. Collier on on not Skype. And uh, we find out he sent the CDC his research on Isabel. They, they didn't say her name. They kept calling her white girl, but call her by her name. <laughs> I know, like, white girl. I, I'm, which was confusing to me because they, it was uh, one of the last episodes of the last season where there was, like, it's where Robbie got the, uh, the, the brain from where he was acting all, like, you know, queer eye for the straight guy. I really, you know... Um, I don't know. I've, nope, I don't but know. He, he was he, he ate the brain of an Instagram celebrity and was helping Clive investigate a case because uh, yeah, you've got to hide your live away. Um, when Major took Liv to uh, the house from the X Files episode home, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Ravi ate this brain, and they called the Instagram celebrity White Girl with oh. capital W type capital G, which was I don't know. Like she was getting Instagram celebrity status over being like a hot looking zombie, I guess. I don't know. Okay. So when they said white girl in this call, I was like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? But it, I, I, I do believe they're talking about Isabel, the research he did on Isabel. Mm-hmm. We talk about the Freilich syndrome and the Collier. Now, is Freilich syndrome a real thing? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> the other thing that Oliver had, that is real. But Freilich, I believe, is made up for the show. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Collier really is coming, figures it out. You know, the this mass-producible cure, you know, that they need to make these glycoproteins that would naturally occur in some uh, someone's brain that had uh, Freilich syndrome. And there's only like 304 cases and they're, they're all kids. And Ravi in his tough guy voice is like tells her to drop it, but Collier says she's onto something and she starts to hang up, but then real Ravi this is this was interesting. The it's yes. either the brain is wearing off or mm-hmm. which I think is the case because we see real Ravi later for real, mm-hmm. you know. Um but yeah, Ravi's just like tr- struggling to get control of himself. <laughs> and um but yeah, this is uh this is a a big moral dilemma. Yeah, we can find out a cure, but the, that would mean these kids would be hunted because their brains would be worth billions or millions. 
So yeah, Collier says that she'll think about it and hangs up, and that's when yeah, Liv shows back up in the episode and it's like, hey, looks <laughs> <laughs> like I was watching Gollum and Smeagol. So uh, we cut away to oh my god, which is uh, look like a like a food truck, but I, yes. I think it was outside a building that was also oh my god. I don't know, but uh, yeah, Dolly's working. And she's wearing a t-shirt that says Dead fish for live people And a guy So in other words, zombies need not Apply, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't ask for fish Um, And uh, somebody comes up to talk to Dolly And makes a specific order And I looked this character up on the IMDB Because they don't say his name The character is literally called Boomer <laughs> Which is uh, Which is a great, great thing Great thing to name him Oh Oh, Boom. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apologies to my listener, our listeners, uh, for uh, loud child voices happening in the other room, but hopefully they're getting it under control. Uh, while Daddy talks about iZombie. <laughs> <laughs> Real important stuff. Important stuff, yeah. So uh, Dolly knocks this other guy. They put Boomer in an SUV. Dolly says he's asked if he's made a video and a will. And tells him that he's a hero And Boomer says they've got my Jimmy and Sarah And they both make hand signals to each other Which is like tapping your pulse Which I think is like a Must be a sign for the chicks Or the, I don't know So what did that mean That they're um, They're Like his children have been kidnapped Uh, Yeah, it sounds like uh, Either that or they're infected So she says God bless and leaves, and he has a bag with his fish dinner, but he's looking at the plate, and it says, Salmon and Sigma is the street names he has to go to. Mm-hmm. Now, and then he looks behind his shoulder. Yes, and there is big bada-booms behind him. <laughs> uh, Salmon, by the way, is a kind of a funny street name that for a fish vendor to give you. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming that was the reason, but then I looked up. Also, I also looked up Sigma. And uh, there happens to be a Jack Sigma that uh, plays for the Seattle Supersonics, so I'm assuming that's okay. related. <laughs> okay. But I couldn't find a basketball player named Salmon, <laughs> so I'm just assuming that was a fish joke. I don't know. So, yeah, um, we see here that Dolly, who is kind of, you know, stirring up her Fox News base on uh, f- Frostbites... <laughs> Um, is also, you know, trying to get this powder keg that Peyton talks about to explode. She's now literally trying to explode this checkpoint, which could cause, you know, more problems. But, you know, the more I think about it, like, I wonder if, like, she's behind the disappearance of Lisa, the, the girl that went missing in the viral video. Maybe this is all a setup to stir the pot, you know? Yeah. Even, you know, I wonder, like, you know, what if Lisa, you know, it could be that Lisa is the girl we see in the photo that uh, Major looked at and that Lisa was like wearing some sort of wig or something in the video. Because I think that that person had long brown hair, but maybe not. But maybe Lisa is a person that works for Chick and um, and uh, they did this whole setup in order to stir up chaos, you know. In uh, New Seattle To make relations blow up Between humans and zombies And finally the, mm-hmm. the humans will revolt And kill all the zombies mm-hmm. I mean I'm assuming that's where it's going But 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so we go to Bridge Over Troubled Soldiers, <laughs> and Justin says he got a call from Tacoma, which I, you know I immediately think of Vaughn's uh, secret laboratory whenever somebody says Tacoma. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Tacoma, uh, border agents have disappeared, and um, and then he says that humans are taking pictures of zombies in a brain line, threatening to kind of post it on the internet and out them as zombies. And Major says they're going to go check that out. We go to the Seattle PD, and uh, we have this guy Bix Cahill show up and have kind of a panic attack when he just says, well, he, he, his girlfriend Lisa, um, he had a f- message to, you know, on his door for his girlfriend Lisa to reply because that was one of the numbers that was pinging the, ping the tower. Because mm-hmm. she she was going out of town. Mm-hmm. It, was she being able to leave? New Seattle. So that kind of explains why he wasn't uh, reporting her missing because for all he knew, she had made it out of town. Right. So when Bix finds, figures out that they're looking for her because they think she might be on the viral video, he has kind of a panic attack and they ask if he wants some coffee and Bix wants a latte. Yeah. Like, I don't want just any coffee. <laughs> Not, I don't want coffee at, from, the, from the police station. <laughs> break room i want a latte and uh is is it clive that says oh seattle yep (laughs) i mean i wonder if it is like that (laughs) i don't know i don't know because like i've got a friend that i went to high school with that he lives in seattle now and his wife works like for corporate starbucks it's like and he works for amazon or something like that it's like of course you do (laughs) where else would you work (laughs) well coffee's popular i mean you'll even find it in westeros uh, these days so uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh so we go to the next scene and uh one of my favorite songs uh radiohead's uh everything in its right place starts up um i thought that was radiohead that's good stuff um and, uh, what was wait? What was the song in the opening in the teaser? I don't know. Scene? I was looking for it. It was like bedtime flies, but it's a song called Bedtime Flies. But I couldn't find out who is the person that sings it or where to find it. So I, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm sure eventually it'll be on my iZombie soundtrack because uh, TuneFind is really good at at uh, TuneFind.com is good at finding um, the community there. Find songs that are in shows so i hope eventually you'll find out because it's a good song um okay so uh we the song start this song starts up and uh we go to sigma and salmon where major and the troops are walking up just in time to see um this van driven by boomer (laughs) drive through the checkpoint and blow up and we're saving that budget because we're seeing the flames in reflection (laughs) And some flames. Oh yeah. Around. Well, you know, this show. You know, it's fine if we don't see the action. <laughs> yeah, I, it's fine with me. I'm hoping you know, you know, just keep you know. As long as we get the dire wolves in uh, the last episode of the season, we're, we're good. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, we have this very crass kind of cutaway. It goes from the horror of all these soldiers blowing up and Major's reaction and Jordan's reaction and Justin's reaction. And the great song yes. to I mean, smash cut to Bix slurping station. down his latte, which I'm yeah. just like, why? Yeah, I thought that was odd. <laughs> yeah. But Bix checks his, uh, comes up with the idea of uh, the locator app 
and says that uh, Lisa's phone is in Hardy Park. So Clive says they'll take it from there, but then the news of the explosion spreads. Ravi's Ravi's here. He tells Liv it's time to get back to work, and uh, and yeah, they run out the run out the office, and uh, and then we go to the scratching point, scratching post where Blaine is getting awful, awfully threatening with his pointy nail, and all these uh, border patrol agents that he he's the one that abducted them, obviously. Yeah, and at the by the end of of him threatening all the border patrol agents, his accent goes to British. Yeah. I wonder if he's like, oh, I didn't even I, notice that. But I'm menacing. I, I, yeah. No, yeah. that's the thing. That's actually a funny note that I had because he says he knows all this information because he ate the brain of somebody who has a PhD in information science. And maybe that person had an accent. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I, at the end of my notes on this scene, I wrote, Blaine's on two brains this episode, and yet no corpse. He's just Blaine. Like he just mm. has the talents of the person and not the, you know, he's a marathoner, but also he's really into uh, weed or <laughs> she's a, she's a PhD in information science, but uh, she's addicted to YouTube, you know, or something like that, you know, but it's yeah, strictly, the downs- he doesn't have the downside. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Blame that really ever uh, is affected by brains. I really wish we'd see more of that, but. I guess you have to devote a lot more screen time to things like that to make them really hit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we noticed for the first time he's got this pointy nail that he keeps right on his index finger. It's pretty scary. Uh, and these these people are pretty scared of it too. But uh, yeah, he recites their histories. I didn't write it all down, but uh, he knows where to find their loved ones and everybody's yeah, they're, they're pets. They're mm. their nieces. Their children. You know. But, uh, just the the typical one agent insinua- insinuation that I will I will hurt you mm-hmm. in in ways that indirectly. But yep. And there's one agent that refuses to work for them and calls him Whitey, which was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we got the, next, the I think this is the final chapter. Okay, computer. And uh, you know we're on we're on Skype with not Skype with uh, uh, Saxon and Collier, and we see I don't know if you noticed in the text uh, message uh, I'm the only one who looks up for this stuff, but uh, Doctor Collier's first name is Charlie, Charlie Collier. Okay. So, uh, and Robbie's really worried that she's going to tell these other scientists um, about the whole Freilich syndrome thing. She does, but she says it's Im- impractical. Mm-hmm. It would. She her her math was wrong. It would take too much. Yeah, hundreds of pounds of brains or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doctor Saxon suggests that she rely on the services of Doctor White and Doctor Rich and possibly Doctor Mann. Did you did you did you notice that? No, no. White rich man. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Uh, so Robbie types, I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship and she types back at emojis. Don't be such a peach golf hole, which I don't know what <laughs> that's supposed to mean. It, don't be a butthole. Butthole? Yeah. Peach is a butt? Yeah. Kind of like an eggplant is a. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe I'm having to, exp- I can't believe I know these things. Well, I'm explaining it to anybody else. <laughs> you're much more of a millennial than I am. So, I mean, we no, I'm older than you. You're- <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not in internet years. Uh, 
so uh, Justin – in the next scene, Justin says that four agents are now back on the job and mm-hmm. Major realizes what happened here and he feels responsible. Somebody just got murdered by Blaine and uh, and he's the one that kind of told Blaine to take care of it, you know? Um, and meanwhile, the, the there's a bus. We've got uh, Baron, Weevil, and Oliver on it. And the state trooper checks it out and discovers uh, both uh, Annie and Pippi, Pippa Pippi <laughs> hiding in the bathroom. So, uh, uh-oh, they don't have an ID. ID. I wonder what's going to happen. But Oh, no. Then we go to Hardy Park and... Uh, Oh my god, Dan Etheridge is shooting an X-Files episode right here. It is so awesome. I love it so much. <laughs> this is my like my favorite part of the show. <laughs> I gotta say, live Clive in the in the Vancouver forest with flashlights and it's dark. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was awesome. So awesome. I don't know if you're thinking the same thing, but I said no. I was, oh my god. I was like, oh my god, it's X-Files. It's an X-Files episode. Uh, but yeah, Liv mentions that she doesn't want to see another dead body, and I guess uh, you know Liv and Robbie must have had to help clean up uh, after that whole checkpoint explosion. Uh, but now yeah. they're uh, on the trail of this um, phone, and they find Bix there. He's already made it to the park, and he's crying. Her phone's there, her jacket's there, but Lisa is gone. So, I mean, he's got some tears in his eyes. Um, do we trust him? Do we trust that he's telling yeah. the truth? Yes, yes. I think he was just a character to uh, help us find her. I'm still thinking that this is all going to come together where Lisa is – the the viral video of Lisa is a big setup by Dolly Durkins and that uh, Bix here is just – you know, and Lisa is actually alive. She was that Cynthia Ribnicki person and uh, Bix is also in on it. So – We'll see if I'm right or not. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We're running long. We really should get into feedback. We've been talking forever. Uh, We should probably hear what uh, everybody else has to say. So, oh my gosh, it was so nice to see uh, some of our feedbackers back uh, to chat with us about iZombie. Um, We have one voicemail um, from our, our, our good buddy Jeff. He was the first one in, like the night of the episode. This went ding in the inbox. So I was like, yes, first one. Uh, so I'm going to give him first status in our feedback section. Here we go. Hello, Robin and Steph and all the iZombie fans. This is Jeff X-Force 11 leaving my feedback for Thug Life. Man, oh man, it is so good to have iZombie back. We have really missed this show. And even though I'm sad we're having to wait this late in the year to get it, I kind of really like it because it is a kickoff to some. Now getting into the episode, I thought the intro with Blaine and his kind of choosing the brains and lifestyles of the rich and famous life was absolutely hilarious, especially when we got to see him pulling his best Matthew McConaughey doing the uh, car commercial. (laughs) I love these writers. I love these characters. It is so fun. Fun to see them living it out and just enjoying their part so 
much. I really liked that we got to see Ravi living this thug character out in this episode and him trying to battle his best wits to try to get through to this new doctor and not make these kids a target. I love the Renegade storyline and am anxious to see if they can get these two girls into Seattle. I'm just really impressed with this season so far and my only complaint was I would have liked a two-hour season premiere, but I'm happy we're back. I'm happy to have y'all podcast about this again. Thanks for all y'all do to make our iZombie life better. All right, <laughs> X Force Eleven out. <laughs> all right, thank you. Um, yeah, it's always good to start with a real nice positive one. Um, I like that the kickoff to the summer is iZombie. Yeah. Um, oh, it's 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 good because at the summertime, I like I want fun. You know, just upbeat, delightful. I don't want heavy drama. Mm-hmm. I want I want to laugh. Um, uh, do you want me to read Dave's? Yes, please. My email? voice is dying. <laughs> okay. Dave writes in, so excited for this final season. I'm so glad the team got a final season to wrap things up. I just finished watching season five, episode one, and found it quite fascinating. First off, was the lack of live being on a brain? An odd choice, but man, Raul had a lot of fun on his brain being a tough. (laughs) (laughs) Second is the state of New Seattle. There were uh, times that last season that I questioned how a city cut off from the rest of the country was functioning so well. There seemed to be no lack of resources other than the brains itself. In this first episode, they chose to show how everyday things are starting to run low. Yeah, because when Clive goes to talk to the uh, convenience store guy and he asks for chocolate, he's like, yeah, we're out of laser beams and (laughs) jetpacks, too. (laughs) Like, you know, you're asking for a lot here. Chocolate. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I enjoyed watching the two people trying to run the city. Both Major and Peyton are really trying to keep the peace, but it seems like a losing battle. Watching Blaine being true to himself was a blast. It was fun watching the nicer Blaine last season, but this is so much better. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to a wonderful season, Dave Taylor. Thanks, Dave. Yes, it's I, I, I want bad Blaine. No more good Yeah, Blaine. I love yeah. it. Love it. Do you want me to read Joshua's? Oh, I got it. I can read this one. Okay. Uh, Joshua says... I started listening to this podcast just a few months ago when I was re-watching one episode a day all the way back from season one. Wow. I would watch that day's episode and then listen to the podcast episode shortly after while it was still fresh in my mind. Wow. Okay. That was, that's some commitment. Right there. <laughs> Thank you. It was funny to hear theories that ended up being wrong, such as Lowell being a bad guy. <laughs> if only we knew back then. Oh gosh. There's probably a lot of stupid theories that we have come up with. Um, Although I enjoyed this episode, I feel that as a season opener was kind of underwhelming, especially with how insane the last episode of season four was. I love how far this show has come. It started out as a detective show and has now become reminiscent of X-Men. Zombies equals mutants. Uh, The bigotry. The the bigotry. (laughs) That's a way to pronounce (laughs) that word. The bigotry toward powerful beings. I'm going to miss David Anders as Blaine. Every week. I cosplays as Blaine at a con a few weeks ago, but everyone thought I was Spike from Buffy. They always do. Aw. 
Anders makes you love Blaine, even though he's a horrible person. And Bryce Hodgson as Don E is going to be missed as well. Side note, to tie it back to X-Men, Hodgson made a very brief appearance as a kid in X2 X-Men United. Kind of cool how that's come full circle. Yes. Uh, I liked seeing Ravi on Angry Mobster Brain. It was such a shocking change of pace from his usual self. This episode raised a lot of questions about the morality of maybe killing off a few people for the potential of making a cure for thousands. It's things like this that set this show apart from other shows for me. After this episode, I'm pretty sure Clive and or Dale don't make it out alive this season. <gasps> what? Uh, things are going too perfectly for them. I was annoyed that this episode was also a cliffhanger, but I also can't wait to see next week, Josh. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Jeff brought it up in his voicemail of how it would have been cool to open up with a two-parter, like a two-hour season premiere. But I also think to myself, oh, man, that would be less weeks with iZombie. (laughs) Yeah, let's stretch it out as long as possible. Also, this podcast would run about three hours. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I hope we see Bryce Hodgson again. Yeah, for sure. All right, you may read JD's. Sure, he's got two emails. Let's start with the one that says 5.1 review. Okay. All right, JD says, uh, I had to watch this twice to get an unprejudiced viewpoint because I was praying that they would back away from the season four vibe and and, uh, didn't get it. They did back off the more tragic elements, but unfortunately they also left off too much of the whimsical humor and on average were pretty close to the same place. Robbie and Bazio were the only things remotely funny. One thing that still irritates me is that first CDC phone call with the new researcher, the girl was, was fine. Ravi O T O H. I don't know. I skipped the word. Maybe it makes sense after. <laughs> Ravi seemed to be having a seizure and had nothing. Nothing he said sounded right. Thumbbreaker Barnes was funny earlier, but it, but in that case, it didn't work. The second call was much better. Yeah, it was just you were annoyed that he was being rude. Yeah. To the, to the caller. Uh, the CDD sh- the CDC should have been part of last season, in my opinion, but that never happened. In fact, I was a little let down that the first contact was obviously sometime last season and off screen. Oh, well. Hmm. As for the missing body, I'm calling it a phony. It's all rabble rousing. Ah, he agrees Finally, with me. Yeah. Finally, for the love of bleep, <laughs> why aren't they freezing zombies? Not dealing with this is incredibly stupid. Uh, it shouldn't be that hard to find a reason why they can't do it, but ignoring it makes the writers look careless. Best regards, JD. I just think that they're like we we covered that in season early on in season one. Yeah, I think they're trying. To, I mean, Major's Commander Major's uh, uh, rule over uh, New Seattle is to treat zombies uh, equally with humans. They don't have special punishments, so yeah, freezing them. Um, I mean, maybe that's to solve the starvation problem. I, I, I do wonder the science behind that. Like, uh, uh, and I think that's what he's getting to is to solve the, 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 the fact that there's not enough brains to go around. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's all new. I don't know if I was a zombie, you know, hungry, would I, would I volunteer to be frozen for the good of the rest of the city? I don't know. <laughs> that would be scary. Like what if they don't unthaw you yeah. ever? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish J.D.'s email. His second one says, Sorry, but I left a couple of things out of the first email. Number one, Blaine was okay and Donnie was excellent as usual. Number two, what I think I really was bothered mostly was uh, what they did with Liv. It wasn't bad per se, but it was rather blah. 
Uh, yeah, I think JD is feeling the the absence of Liv in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Liv should be more involved. Hopefully, uh, it looks like she's on her brain next week, so hopefully they'll make her more front and center. Uh, all right. Speaking of uh, of uh, you know feedbackers we missed, uh, we have uh, Efrex here rounding out the emails this week. He says. Hey, Robin and Seth. Boy, is it good to see the old gang again. I've missed this cast something awful. I've got very mixed feelings about this episode. On the plus side, the big story of how New Seattle is going to function seems like a really interesting thing to explore. Peyton, Major, and Liv all have tough moral decisions to make, and they're not going to line up with each other. We've seen these three go through so much over the past four seasons, but this is likely to put a strain into their relationships. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to seeing more of Quinta Brunson as Dr. Collier and how she and Ravi work together. Finally, Bozano baby, Bozano baby. So help me writers. If anything bad <laughs> happens to that child, we're going to riot at dawn. You've been warned. Oh, I think that that baby will be the hope. The baby will stand for hope. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm not. It's, it's like the other medical thing that's going on, you know? I wonder if that baby is going to have something to do with the cure. Oh. You know? Like, you know, like, I don't know, like the, the whole um, talking about Freilich syndrome um, and getting children's brains and the morality of it. I mean, I was talking with um, Aaron Craven in an interview uh, last night and uh, you know he reminded me of you know like that's kind of compared to the morality of like stem cell research so like what if there's something like a, like a stem cell thing going on with the baby that we could that could possibly solve cure everything I don't know it is mm-hmm. interesting you know it's like it, it Bazio did eat the brain of Isabel and was cured and so that is in her body <laughs> so could it then mean that this baby, also has inherited some sort of ah yeah is it, it, are Clive and Basio and this baby gonna have to go on the run or something you know mm-hmm. mm, crazy um more theories abound on this first episode <laughs> uh okay see so he, he continues uh on the downside this episode set up a lot of plot threads which made for a pretty disjointed opener. The murder case, the human terrorist cell, the kids being smuggled in Seattle, the tension about Dr. Collier's discovery of Freilich syndrome brain, Blaine's scene with the border guards. That's a lot to cram into an opening episode. I don't mind getting someone else to get the brain of the week. And the Ravi crybaby crawl scene was terrific, but this brain felt like it was just shoehorned into the episode because the writers felt that we have to show somebody on a brain. I'm sure Raul Coley had a great time channeling his inner mobster, but I'd just as soon see a little bit less of that so we could free up some time and show a full show intro. Come on, guys. We've been waiting a whole year to see the new opening animation and the sing-along of the theme song. How could you deny us that? I agree. <laughs> I mean, I definitely still want to see Thumbbreaker Barnes' brain myself, but uh, uh, yeah, I agree. Need that song. Need that song. Um, and yeah, all the best, Efrex. Thank you, Efrex. It's good to hear from you again after a, a whole year. Uh, all right. That's it for our emails. I've got a few more things to read to you. We've, oh. Yeah. Well, we got our, 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 our friends at TV Time that, that you know we, our podcast is streaming on. We, I, I rated their comment section here. Uh, Matty Hill says, Blaine is back and being more of a, of a selfish, manipulative douchebag than ever, but we still love to watch him. Uh, Damon says, nothing better happened to Clive's baby. Uh, Melissa says, an episode with no visions? 
uh, Mint Chalk Dublin says, I'm kind of disappointed in the incompetence of Major and his soldiers. The decks of cards with each soldier's name is obviously a hit list. Uh-oh. And uh, Addicted to Hollywood says, why does this have to be the last season? I love this show so much. I agree. I agree. And finally, we have Facebook comments. This is half oh, your wow. show. Yeah. Um, Inez says, I had fun watching tonight's episode. Glad iZombie is back and sad it's ending. And Darren left us a big comment here. <clears throat> Let me start with this. I'd never heard of the show until November 2017. I was sick in bed for three days. After finishing the first season of Santa Clarita Diet, iZombie was suggested <laughs> to me. Oh, that's good. Because every single time I watch iZombie on Netflix, they go, you want to watch Santa Clarita Diet? And I go, no, I want to watch more <laughs> iZombie. <laughs> anyway, back to Darren. <clears throat> Having nothing else to do, nor the energy to do it, I gave it a shot. By the time Liv had ripped the windshield out of the car Pratt was driving, I had all three seasons purchased on iTunes. For me, the wait from the end of season three to the start of season four was only three months. This was the first time I had to wait the full time between seasons. Took me back to the days of waiting for Orphan Black. I've seen the episode a couple times now. Here are my thoughts. It was a little tough for me to get into. This was a table setter for the rest of the season. As the season progresses and things fill in, I think it will be easier for me to watch in the future. And I'll probably see it was necessary. It just didn't have the normal pattern of an episode. And after the layoff, I was kind of looking forward to that. Ravi on Hooligan Brain was probably my favorite of the few brains he's done. Maybe it's his British accent that led himself to the part, but it just works so well. It will be interesting to see how his working with the CDC all season will pan out. Major is finding out what a tough spot Chase was in. While his intentions probably weren't bad in the beginning, his paranoia did him in. I think Major is going too far the other way. Live as live was interesting to see. Maybe a little bit of insight as how she would be as an investigator uh, post cure. <laughs> Although he does write post cute, and I was like, when is when is she going to stop being cute? I, I don't know. Auto correct. <laughs> <laughs> Blame the season should be fun as the baddie who saves the city. Just enough hero in him to keep him out of trouble. But I feel he's going to get going to be on that edge all season. Seriously, who didn't see the baby coming? Peyton seems to be in a tough spot trying to balance the city and trying to keep everyone calm. I'm glad it's back and can't wait to see how it ends. And I'm glad that we will get a proper ending. And finally, Zoe says, was kind of hoping for a little more excitement, but I love the show no matter what. I like that attitude. <laughs> so that is all our feedback. And uh, yes, this is... This is uh, our listeners show as much as it is ours, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, got your thoughts in. But I think it's about time we wrap up the show. What do you think? Yes, let's wrap up. So uh, here's the trailer for next week's episode, Deadlift. There are half a million humans in Seattle. If they decide that we only have zombie interests at heart, the city will collapse. And you're not. It's a little distracting. Distracting? Oh, you mean these bad boys. I know you're on fitness, not brain, but until we find the body, we're no closer to finding the zombies. It's cool and Sarah. Nice work, Ravi. You just ate 57 empty calories. I, Zombie. Final season continues Thursday, 8, 7 central on The CW. All right, so that was the trailer for next week's episode, Deadlift. Here is the uh, description. Live on fitness guru brains and Clive continue investigating a murder with no body and no evidence. I don't think that's right. There was blood there. Um, whose blood was it? 
Hmm. Anyway. Uh, it was corn syrup. Oh, oh, that's right. That was in the trailer. Hmm. Yeah. I was like, blood? What did you say? So blood? it was a setup. We figured it all out. No need to watch next week, guys. We'll just cover it for you let you know what happened. Uh, <laughs> all right. Meanwhile, Peyton approaches Councilman Zed, played by guest star Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I love that. Zed. Uh, with a request that... Uh, with a with a yeah, with a request, but doesn't get the answer she was hoping for. Lastly, Liv surprises Major with a thoughtful gesture just when he needs it the most. Michael Fields directed the episode, written by Philip Hoover and Jacob Farmer. Um, so, some new writers on the on the show, as well as uh, I, I believe they're like they were in the writers' room, but here they have their own episode. I don't know, but uh, man, I, I've been. Pretty successful with getting people for the podcast. Imagine if I got a legendary basketball player, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Robin, you're so busy these days. You don't need to keep getting people for the podcast. And you don't know anything about sports. (laughs) Steph, it's the final season. I want to give our listeners one last great run of the podcast. Maybe he wouldn't be available, but I do hope to get some more cast and crew on. I guess. I just don't know how you do it. You want to know how I do it? Sure. Oh, wait. No. Oh, oh God, no. People ask me how I've done it. Put together this great podcast. Talked to some people behind the show. Visited the set. Again with the set visit. Nobody cares. Hell, I'm even seeing Ellie and AJ in concert in a couple weeks. Outlaw, hero, podcaster, super fan. Aren't those four sides of the same coin? Every stand needs their fixation. Hi, Zombie. Now on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Are you a member of Teen Z? Bless his heart. <laughs> Robin, don't be a peach. Golf. Thank you for listening to the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. Obligatory contact info in three, two, one, go. Send in your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin at El Robin Yarrow. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash D. Sheehan check out our other podcasts you can listen to us binge watch through great shows like dawson's creek smallville veronica mars and when i zombie ends kill more girls just subscribe to we don't want to wait on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts be sure to check out tv time if you want to join a global community of tv watchers where our podcast among others is currently streaming download the tv time app today go to tvtime.com for more details please leave us a five-star review on itunes we do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and the only payment we ask are your kind words and make sure it's on the correct feed we are the iZombie podcast with robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone's still listening? Oh, they totally are. Bye, zombie. Live forever! Live forever!